0: Where does Dalvin Cook rank in in terms of talent and what you've seen from this young man in just a small sample size?
1: Yeah, I joked, I call him the white tiger because, you know, when you go to the zoo, you pay admission, you want to see the white tiger. Boy, is he going to come out today? Am I going to get to see the white tiger? And they say, oh, no, he's not coming out today. And then you get that day where the stars align and he's out and it's a great day and, and you're so glad you went. And that's Dalvin Cook.
0: And good evening, everyone, and welcome to uh, Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Mark Rosen, your host. Welcome back to the show. And Kirk, uh, a good way to start the season, to say the least. You know, there's such a variety of ways to win a football game. Big plays, controversial calls, a tip pass, fourth quarter comebacks. After looking at the tape of your win over Atlanta, that it reinforced what the rest of us saw, that the Vikings pretty much grabbed this game by the throat early on in Atlanta His will was kind of done by the third quarter.
1: It was a unique game. I've never played in a game like that, only having 10 pass attempts and really not needing or wanting to throw more. There was no point. Uh, We were making plays on special teams. The defense was creating turnovers, taking away points from the Falcons. It was very unique. Uh, I'll take it any week I can get it. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of just let the game happen because things kept falling in our lap.
0: Ten passes. When was the last time you threw ten passes in a football
1: game? Probably youth football. I don't even know if a middle, well, middle (laughs) school maybe, but uh, certainly high school. I threw more than ten a game.
0: There may have been a time uh, you may not have had to throw a pass at all. I mean, of course, Steelyan may disagree with that, but it was that kind of a game. You kind of like this is time of possession. Just run the ball and uh, and wait for the
1: the game to end. Certainly, in this league, it is hard to win football games. You know, this it was this very team, the Falcons, in the Super Bowl, who had a twenty-eight to three lead. And, and, and lost the Super Bowl, and you see mm-hmm. what happened yesterday with the Lions having a lead in Arizona and losing. And so you have these, these moments that uh, you, know, you, you don't want to allow a team back in, so you play smart, and you use the clock, and you run the clock, and you, it means you have less pass attempts or, or less excitement offensively. That's, that's okay.
0: We call it complimentary football in the business, and we're going to hear what Paul Allen had to say when it actually happened. But I want to get your thoughts, Kirk. As this all developed in all three phases of the game, wrapped up in a bow early on, first play from scrimmage, Anthony Barr goes after Matt Ryan on a blitz. Let's listen to it.
2: Welcome to the 2019 Ryan.
0: So you're on the
1: sidelines and the place is going nuts already. Well, <laughs> yeah. I like the look of this. Well, it was. you could just feel it during the national anthem. Our crowd was ready to go, dying to cheer for us. And so when they go out there and make a play like that, it just gets everything going in the right direction. Football's a game of momentum, and you could feel the snowball gaining some steam in that moment. But that was a great scheme, a great – and the Falcons, I think, lined up and said, we haven't talked about this look. This isn't something mm-hmm. they've shown mm-hmm. on film, and here we go. And in the noise, it's harder to communicate. Next thing you know, it's a sack. So great job by our defense and our coaches – putting their players in a position to be able to make plays.
0: And normally fans kind of kick back and go, okay, wait for the punt return, see how things go. Vikings will take over, good field position perhaps. No, new special teams coach and Eric Wilson had other ideas.
2: <laughs> Matt Bosher, the ninth-year Kane, kicking to the west side of U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah!
0: Settle down, PA first drive I let's spoken go like a true fan
1: I love the way you said that US Bank Stadium
0: <laughs> Eric got kicked in the face I think he is he's yeah. got a visor over his helmet but uh, he took the full brunt of that but uh, he got the football that's all that mattered oh,
1: he's such a great athlete and the kind of guy on special teams who can make a huge impact with his speed and and quickness and now his sense of the game for how long he's been playing so what a great play I mean it's just a gift When you can walk out there for your first snap of the season and you're in plus territory, Mm -hmm. pretty much in field goal range already, was not how I expected the season to start, but I would welcome it.
0: We know that Dalvin Cook did uh, most of the work uh, in the uh, win over Atlanta, but you did have an opportunity to actually throw the football (laughs) on your favorite receiver, Adam Thielen. He stepped up a little bit. Let's listen to the call, and I'll have you break it down after we hear PA's call.
2: Kirk, back to pass, straight in the pocket, fires left, and it's caught at the 10-yard line, and
1: Yeah, well, it was just a tremendous play design by our coaches. That was one that they brought in early in the week and said, hey, against this defense, we like this play. This is not a play we had been running all offseason, but they put it in this week for Atlanta. And um, we knew there were probably one of two looks we were going to get. Once I saw the look we were getting, knew that Adam was the guy. He has to win, and he won. There was enough separation. Protection held up. He made the catch and did the rest, and I love seeing players finish plays. To be able to not have that land on the two or the one, but to Mm -hmm. actually get in and get the points was huge.
0: We talked about this a little bit last week, Kirk, but from OTAs to training camp, the preseason, and then you get ready for this specific game when you're playing the Falcons. Were you just bursting all week to get on the field because you've been working on this game plan for so long, and the preseason kind of comes and goes, and it's a distant memory. And to see it all come to fruition right away, is yeah. you, you there a little anticipation, more, more nervousness or more anticipation that you knew uh, for, the, for getting ready for this football game? There
1: are certainly nerves with that week one every year, no matter how many years, years you've played. Week one, there's just a lot of unknowns, and uh, it's the first time in a long time getting out there in, in real live action when it counts. And so to be able to start the way we started was a, a sigh of relief a little bit, um, and uh, that was as fast a start as I've ever had to a season.
0: The revamped offensive line has been the, a question that everyone's been asking you and Mike Zimmer about from day one uh, with Senator Garrett Bradbury, the, the rookie. Uh, Brian O'Neill making his first uh, appearance of, since the preseason began, the entire preseason. Josh Klein showed the way, I think, for you on a couple yeah. of your quarterback sneaks. Yeah, but overall, sure did. Uh, what, what did you think about your offensive line? Well, point?
1: I love those quarterback sneaks. And a couple of them didn't that?
0: have great looks, and yep. they created enough push,
1: which, again, is to their credit, I thought Garrett, for again, for a first game of his career, did a great job and um, you know didn't ask a lot of them in the past game, but boy, with what they brought us in the run game, uh, you know it's hard, hard to not like what they brought to the table.
0: I- I- explain how the play calling system works now with Gary Kubiak up in the booth, uh, Kevin Stefanski, your offensive coordinator on the field and uh, during, is it do you have a lot of communication uh, during the change of possession, but how mm-hmm. did that work in particular in, starting on Sunday?
1: Yeah, my communication is heavily with Kevin and then also with Clint Kubiak, the quarterback coach uh, who I'm sitting next to on the bench between drives, and then Gary's up in the box, and Gary's exactly what his title would suggest. He's an advisor, so he's going to share what he sees, give input, uh, help counsel Kevin and the staff when needed, but he also steps back when not needed, and so he's up in the box, and I see him at halftime, and we recap the game shortly after the game in the locker room for a a few seconds but uh, you know he's not overbearing by any means but i think he he allows
0: himself to let people go when he knows they know what they're doing. But he has that calm demeanor about him. He's Certainly. been there and done that for so many yeah, years. Yeah,
1: anytime you know Rick Dennison and and uh, and Gary both the same way. Anytime you've been around 7-ish Super Bowls, you know, not not that they won them all but you've been in them. You've seen a lot of football and you know what it takes to win. You know what the good teams do, you know what the not so good teams do. And so we treat both of those guys' words as gold because we know that they've been around the block, they've seen a thing or two, and if we listen to them and do what they say, I think we'll be all right.
0: Uh, you had the best seat in the house handing the ball off to Alvin yeah. Cook and then watching him do his thing. And you know, Mike Zimmer's not one to uh, maybe give a lot of bouquets, verbal mm-hmm. bouquets out, but he says, wow, that guy just changed on a dime. And yeah. you, You've been around a lot of running backs. Uh, where does Alvin Cook rank in In terms of talent and what you've seen from this young man, and just a small sample size.
1: Yeah, I joked, I call him the white tiger. Because, you know, when you go to the zoo and you pay admission, you want to see the white tiger. And you talk about, you know, boy, is he going to come out today? Am I going to get to see the white tiger? And they say, oh, no, he's not coming out today. And then you get that day where the stars align and he's out and it's a great day and and you're so glad you went. And that's Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's had some injuries in the past. I didn't get to see him all last Mm offseason when I got here. I just Mm -hmm. heard great things. Then he was injured with the hamstring early last year. Couldn't really get him going. And then this offseason could see how special he was, but again, was held out most of the preseason. And so great to see the White Tiger in action at his very best. And he truly is that special. I mean, he's just a little bit faster to the corner than everybody else.
0: Well, here it is. Let's listen to the White Tiger on his (laughs) 19-yard touchdown run, which gave the Vikings a 14-0 lead.
2: Handoff, Dalvin, sprints out to the left, gets a block from Theo.
1: I can't say enough good things about also the blocking by our receivers and our tight ends. When I went back and watched the film, you see what Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith brought to the table blocking. And then also Adam and Digsy. Let me tell you, not a lot of receivers in the league who are as highly paid and as talented as the two receivers that we have are blocking to the level that those two guys block. And so that was great to see as well.
0: And I think we're uh, all anticipating there's probably a lot more uh, in your, in those packages that you can run that doesn't involve giving the ball to Dalvin Cook using those sure. two tight ends. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I think the,
1: the blessing of only throwing the ball 10 times and was not having to open up our offense and to allow Week 2 to feel like Week 1 to our opponent. And so I think it helped us to be able to create still some level of mystery to what we want to do and how we want to feature our, our players.
0: Listen, I think the big thing is um, this year: is, are you going to be able to break your single-season touchdown record? <laughs> that's what people want to know. <laughs> what Kirk. is it? Four, or five? I don't even well, know. Well, we can look Let's it up. It and, out I think the it's, water. it's in Canton, Ohio, somewhere. We have to find the, the yeah, record. I, I but. keep,
1: uh, I keep knowing that I have to. When I see quarterback <laughs> sneaks, I got a chance, and then the zone read, I got a chance, and then when I see man coverage, that's when I got a chance to run and score. So hopefully, we can get a few this
0: year. Well, the, the front page of the Star Tribune on Monday morning has you with the ball lifting over the goal line. I mean, is, is that the traditional? Is that the best way to break the, break the plane as opposed to you know huddling like, like you're some sort of groundhog going underneath the line?
1: Well, I think in the situation we were in, it was the best way, and I made an educated decision to do that. I had never done that before in a game.
2: Second and goal, Cousins leaps into the end zone! Touchdown, Vikings! Kirk Cousins... Elevates the score to 20-0, 440 to go in the first half.
1: I think even from the one-yard line, you're still too far away to reach like that, but we were truly on the one-inch line. Mm-hmm. We were a couple mm-hmm. footballs closer than just the one-yard line, and so I thought we're close enough, and then both A-gaps were plugged. I didn't see a place to go. I thought,
0: I'm just going to go over the top, and here goes nothing, and it worked. <laughs> It worked, and then you had um, a bit of a celebration in the end zone, which I think some of your teammates, in particular Kyle Rudolph, was kind of scratching his head today thinking, I'm not quite sure what I saw, but uh, it worked for you.
1: He said it's kind of an inside joke. From, yeah, it was uh, an inside joke with an old teammate, Tom Compton. And we used to. I used to, he, used, he and I used to be roommates back in our days in, in Washington, D.C. And so we have a lot of inside jokes. And actually, you like that it goes back to some inside jokes with me and Tom Compton. And so we uh, that was a shout-out to him.
0: Stay tuned for our first live guest of the year, safety Anthony Harris, right here on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, Mark Rosen, along with our special guest, Anthony Harris, who had a huge impact on the Vikings' opening win against the Atlanta Falcons. Kirk, I'll let you take it and run with it here.
1: We're just thrilled to have Anthony here on the show. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, You know, I just think so highly of you as a player and a person, so it it was an Easy decision of who to have on the show today. We appreciate you taking the time, but uh, with the game you had yesterday, just take us through some of the some of the thoughts. Did you uh, sense that you were due for a big day? What were you thinking going into week one of your fourth year?
3: I was really excited um, going in. You know, knowing I get the opportunity to start, be full time. um, I really worked hard, try to put in preparation during the week, um, really study up on their scheme. You know, know our defense. Um, pretty well and how they were going to attack us. But I talked to uh, Eric Kendricks during the week because I had a lot of family come in town. And uh, he said, uh, oh, yeah, you got six people in town? Do a do big game." Yeah, so he kind of called it.
1: I like that. You picked the right game with all the family in town. That's awesome. And uh, I've been going against you all off season, So we had 15 weeks now, Mark, of, of us going mm-hmm. against each other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like he really gave me anything. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't feel like we could beat him up or, or, you know, get a matchup with him where we were exploiting him. So I felt good going into the game. And uh, everybody on the team after the game being asked about your play just spoke so highly of you and feel like you really deserve, you know, to have a, a huge year this year. And you've shown it. It's no surprise to anybody who's been seeing it. So we're so happy for you and for what you brought to the team yesterday. Did
0: you, uh, when you're studying Atlanta, I mean, you're thinking about the Atlanta Falcons the entire uh, preseason. Uh, did you focus in on, on, on what Matty Ryan's challenges were going to be for you?
3: No. Um, you know, I really just focused on, you know, what they like to do offensively. Some of the route concepts. Um, I try to watch a good amount of film, get a flow of, you know, the play calling. Um, you know, what what types of plays that the different coaches like to get in different situations. Um, and just get a feel of you know where he wants to go the ball. We knew Julio was going to be a big target for him, um, but then I try to take a look at you know what's his next next option. Now but, the
1: first interception was that you jumping the route uh, in terms of the, what what happened on the first one.
3: Um, that was just some I just fell into. and had a good feel. Um, I was actually had a tight end man. He flashed across, kay. so I flashed back with him. Tried to keep my eye on the tight end just in case he kicked the end out and I'd have to fill inside for the run. Um, But once I saw him blocking the defensive end and knew it was pass, I knew I wouldn't have time to rush, I mean, add in on the rush. So I decided to, you know, try to read the quarterback's eyes. And um, I felt the the route coming in behind me and just sunk back and tried to elevate. Wow, that's great.
0: Let's take a listen to uh, Paul Allen's call in KFAN on Anthony Harris's first interception.
2: He's back to pass. Loops one over the middle. and. an opening Sunday <laughs> you yeah,
0: gotta love PA's energy. Yeah, you do. I mean, Julio just signs the big contract, and you're stealing his uh, his football away from him uh, right away. Then 24 hours later, Anthony. Yeah, I loved it. How about the fumble <laughs> recovery? How how close was
1: that? You know, I'm watching. I thought you had it, but then you see the line, offensive lineman come in at the last second. You always wonder at the bottom of a pile what <laughs> happens. Maybe you could tell us what really happened at the bottom of that pile.
3: It was really getting hectic. Um, all day, I just been trying to fly around, get to the ball. That guys did a good job of. Getting getting the ball out, uh, saw the ball on the ground, thought about scooping and scoring, saw a couple of hands in there, so yeah. I decided to fall on it. Had great possession of it. Um, they tried to get in on it late, and it was, it was a scuffle for a while. You know, you hear Purple has it, we have it. I hear somebody go, Eric, Eric, Eric has it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can't see who I'm fighting with, so I think I'm fighting with Eric. The ref yeah, says right. Purple ball. So I let the ball go. I get up, wow. and I, I realize Atlanta guy had the ball. But um, I was like, you know, I clear, clear recover. recover. Um, so, you know, they wow. decided to rule that, you know, I had possession um, before, you know, everybody came in on the pile and had it secure. So I felt that to took
1: us. points off the board for Atlanta because they were in mm-hmm. field goal range. And if, mm-hmm. if at minimum three points, maybe more. And so that was, again, a huge play.
2: And the ball is loose. And it looks like Minnesota's come away with a football, waiting officially. It's our ball, and you be the judge. It is. Trey That's Wayne. Awesome. Now, the
1: interception in the end zone, uh, again, a huge play in the game. I believe it was 21-0 at the time. If they score seven there, let's say, it's 21-7. It's a two-score game. changes the whole fourth quarter. There were still three minutes left in the third quarter, so it changes the whole deal. Probably a little bit of a gift from Matt Ryan there, but at the same time, he had nowhere to go with the football because you were in great coverage. Now, talk a little bit about your eyes on the goal line, how you have to be able to see the ball, see the handoff, fill your gap, stop the run, can't even give up two, three, four yards, otherwise it's a touchdown. At the same time, keep another eye on your man to cover him, which you did. Talk about how hard that can be.
3: Yeah, um, you know, going into it, you know, they they get down there to the goal line, and we just thinking, you know, we got to keep them out. We got to hold them. Um, So, for me, it was just about having good eyes, you know, being out there on the edge, um, knowing my responsibility. They gave run away, so I'm thinking, there's no way I'm making a play. For me, it's just keep my eyes on the tight end in case they have a little pop pass. Um, And sure enough, they did. Tight end flashes up. I get my eyes on him, um, get my eyes back to the quarterback, and I see he's running 70. I don't know if he gave up on the route or not, but – Um, He throws it and then I'm I'm thinking he's throwing it away and then I think to myself I got a chance to go get this ball. So he left it in the play I think as if you if he was throwing it away, but um, I went up and tried to get the little toe tap Amazing the toe tap you get two (laughs) feet in looked like
1: a true
0: receiver on that play. That was outstanding. It sounded great at US Bank Stadium Let's take a listen.
2: Ryan play action rolls out to the right hunters all over him throws back right to the end zone recovery, and Zimmer's defense says no to Atlanta's offense again.
1: Now, in those three sound bites, the thing I hear over and over again is our crowd from yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that was outstanding. And no, no surprise, you know, playing at U.S. Bank with that crowd and, and uh, the way they show out. But uh, what is it like as a defensive player at home communicating when it comes to substitutions, the huddle calls, whoever's making the call, Eric, whoever, getting guys lined up, hand signaling to each other. Was it? Hard? I mean, for the first time in a while, you've had to play with some serious noise.
3: It's tough. It's tough. Um, it's a lot of energy in that stadium. You know, the block punt, the turnovers, the sacks, there's a lot going on. The third down with the skull chain and different things like that. So going into the game, we have to, you know, everybody has to know and see everything very similar. And, and then there has to be secondary communication. So you see guys running down to the linebackers, running over to the corners, um, hand signaling and different communication tools that we try to use. Yeah. Anthony,
0: did the the offensive uh, line made Matt Ryan uncomfortable. Made him get a little happy feet from the get go. Could you sense that early on?
3: Yeah, I think um, you know Bar opened it up, you know, with the sack right away. Um, so it kind of set the tone that you know we were gonna you know come after him a bit when the opportunity was there. Um, but all day those guys were rel- relentless up front. You know, they got a number of sacks, a number of hurries. Um, You know, we look at plays and from the secondary standpoint, you know, you see the quarterback throwing off his back foot and, you know, things like that are going to work in your favor.
1: Yeah, there were some unscouted looks. You know, we had been seeing some wrinkles that Coach Zimmer, I mean, he's got some veteran players in that defense. so We can start to explore some different things. And we had been seeing them in practice and we knew the first couple games this year, they're going to be able to surprise our our opponents with some looks and that, that first play of the game that sack was definitely an unscouted look for Atlanta.
0: <laughs> it was a wow factor and uh, as, as your maturation process continues, Anthony, what's it like to be play alongside someone like Harrison Smith to kind of has a calming influence on you during your career?
3: Yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, I've watched him for a number of years, um, gotten the opportunity to, to get some meaningful snaps with him in there. Um, and it's been a lot of building, a lot of chemistry trying to develop. Um, you know, he's a very smart guy, very intelligent, been in the scheme a very long time. So First starting out, you know, he's disguising and doing some things, and he's confusing me, and I know the huddle call. So <laughs> he does that. But, um, you know, we've settled in, and, and the more we've played, played with each other, we've been able to play around with the different disguises and things like that.
0: And we'll be right back with more from Vikings starting safety. Anthony Harris right here on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, Mark Rosen alongside the quarterback, and Anthony Harris, the safety. And uh, Kirk, uh, you guys have kind of a synergy yourself from your backgrounds.
1: Yeah, when I first met Ant, I was asking him where he's from, and he said Richmond, Virginia. And I said, well, I spent a lot of time in Richmond, Virginia, because that's where training camp was for the Redskins for most of my years there. So we kind of joked about some of the same spots. And then on an off day during training camp, I went to Charlottesville one time to just check out the area, beautiful place. That's where he went to college at UVA, so I was asking about that as well. So, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your journey being undrafted, the challenge that that is for a player, uh, and just kind of what has taken you from UVA to to now where you are as a fourth year player starting in the NFL.
3: Yeah, um, you know, my journey has been a bit up and down, Um, you know, coming out of high school, decently recruited guy, going to UVA and just work carve myself out a nice role end up being a three-year starter mm. um had a big year my junior year had a lot of interceptions made some pretty good plays solid senior year but uh i came out hurt when undrafted mm. um so from there it was just about you know um getting myself getting my body back allowing my body to catch back up with my mental aspect my mental tools so um starting off practice squad i just tried to stay prepared and i'm thinking you know whenever the opportunity is given to go out there i'm just going to show and prove you know I'm still that same player from my earlier years who had really good ability. Yeah. Um. So when the opportunities were given in a spot, in a different spots and I played in, um, I tried to go out there and execute at a high level and show that I can play in this league.
1: Yeah, these NFL careers are truly a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And you have to just stay the course. And I really believe that tough times don't last, tough people do. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a tough break with an injury that sets you back, doesn't give you the entrance into the NFL like you want, if you just keep working and stay tough, good things happen and I think your story shows that and I have a kindred spirit with you because I didn't get to play a lot a lot until my fourth year and yep. that was when it was hey you're the guy let's see what you can do mm-hmm. and then from there I've, I've never looked back and i so grateful for that opportunity and here you are in your fourth year getting that opportunity and I expect no different you know I expect you to take off and continue to do what you've done because you've shown it in practice you've shown it all last year when you played so much so I'm thrilled for your future here, hopefully, and uh, excited to see what's, what's up ahead. But a uh, little bit off the field, you know, because I think you're a really sharp guy and got a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, your cryotherapy business, I wanted to hear more about that mm. because I'm a guy who loves uh, to hear what guys are doing off the field with business interests and opportunities that come their way and, and pick their brains, and there is going to be a life after football. So tell me a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, I've been in for two years now, um, you know, uh, cryo rva based out of richmond virginia my hometown so off-season training it became part of my regimen um going in there hopping in a cryo machine using a normal tech, um and then i decided to go in with the partnership and become one of the partners so um since then we have a boutique front um we have a full cryo body chamber um we have a localizer machine so if somebody wants to do a specific el- area whether it's an elbow or a shoulder we can do that Um, But we also offer a couple other uh, services as well as facials, uh, which is really popular for the women. Um, And then just this past year, we decided to branch off and go with the mobile unit. Wow. Um, So we've got a trailer built out, a cryo chamber in there, and we're offering Norma Tech. And the plan is to, you know, get some contracts with, you know, some schools and pop out to the different events, whether it's marathons or fitness events and you know, just try to provide a service for the people who want to use it.
0: So, Anthony, it sounds like there's a learning curve for the public to to educate themselves about what this, how they will benefit from this. I and mean, we yeah. just talking about the weekend athlete, or yeah, some, there's a lot of those out. There. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, lot of stuff it. out there. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's a lot. That's a lot of um, you know different services, and there's a lot of ways it can help you. Um, sometimes when you look at things like that, you think it's specifically for the that really hard athletes who's doing a lot of training um but we get a number of different people coming in um you know we we also have the athletes and the and the people who are heavy into fitness um but there's also people who who want to come in and they try it for weight loss um because it drops your body temperature down so hmm. low um your body has to burn calories to you know heat itself back up um but we've had people who come in with diabetes with bad blood circulation who's hopped in the machines um, and it's helped with the circulation in, in different areas that they suffer from there.
1: That's fascinating. Now, are you spending most of your off-season back in Richmond? Or are you staying here in Minnesota, back and forth? How have you kind of handled that off-season rhythm?
3: I usually try to get out of here go down to Florida. Get oh, some there warm you go, weather. get some warm weather. <laughs> yep, get some warm Can't weather. Can't fault you for that. So I usually get out of here, get some warm weather. Then I'll pop back to Virginia, see okay. my family. Okay. Um, they don't travel much, so I spend a good time there in training and training in off offseason. Well,
0: this good. is a loaded question. Uh, I know the answer, but I'll let you explain it. Are you a cat or a dog person?
3: <laughs> I'm an animal person, but I, two I own two cats. Two cats. cats. Yeah. So yes. What kind are yeah. they? A specific? Breed? I, have a, I have a Siamese and I have a tabby. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I always wanted a pet. You know, sometimes it's getting kind of lonely up here. You know, in the cold weather, you're in. I wanted a dog, but I figured with the schedule and me being by myself, yeah. might not be the best. Cats decision. are lower maintenance. Yeah, so. Um, I've gotten a recommendation from friends who own cats that cats might be a little bit easier. And then uh, I did an event with the Vikings at the animal shelter. So I Mm -hmm. went in, um, checked out the pets, and, you know, they asked me if I wanted to adopt. And I said, I don't know about a dog. So then I looked at cats and ended up coming home with two.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Now, when UVA came to the – U.S. Bank playing the Final Four. Were you at the games? Did you go? Because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. went for Michigan State, and it was a quick exit for the Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much for UVA. What was your experience like?
3: I was really excited. Um, you know, they've they've had opportunity to get into tournaments, make some decent runs, but unfortunately, the Spartans had the numbers for a few years, and they were always that's able right. To we off. did have some yeah. good battles. Yep. So um, I was actually down in Tulum um, on vacation, and okay. I was saying, you know, if they if they make it, I'm going to go. So wow. um, I had to catch an early flight back. Went to the game, saw a lot of friends, a lot of familiar faces. Um, it was great to, you know, see them on the floor, you know, in in US Bank, um, playing the way they did, and to be able to pull off a win. It was great.
0: Play a little hoops yourself in in your day.
3: Yeah, high school. Um, yeah. I played tribal basketball as well. thought for a second I might go to college for basketball. There
0: you go. but
1: One of those guys who has yeah. options. Yeah. Would nice, right, Mark? Oh, my goodness. You know, I was
3: I was no Cal Rudolph, you know, North Carolina. Yeah, he had all guy, the offers, but, yeah. Um, I had a good, a good number of schools that looked at me, but, you know, football was my passion, and I knew that's something I wanted to continue. To now, possibly.
1: another sport he's pretty good at is spike ball. <laughs> you know, what uh, the heck uh, is real. that? Talk <laughs> about spike ball in the locker room. This picked up just this training camp. We weren't <laughs> even doing it in TAs, were we?
3: No, no. Um, you know, uh, I got a gift, you know, from my agency, um, stuff to get you going for camp, and the spike ball set was in there. So, <laughs> you know, we got to find some time to kill, some, some way to kill the time during <laughs> camp, and I decided to pull it out And for a while, guys were a little bit hesitant, you know, didn't really know the rules. But um, after guys started playing a little bit and guys started watching on, it became a pretty cool thing to do in our spare time. I got to
1: bring you back to my hometown in Lake Michigan where there's a sandy beach. We play spike ball on the beach. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's really fun because guys are diving. It's like beach volleyball. So we'll have to do that someday. Yeah.
0: One last football question before we let you get out of here. Going from Matty Ryan to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Sunday at Lambeau Field. Your thoughts about getting ready for that one?
3: Yeah, um, you know, he's obviously one of the best in the game. Um, they've got some new wrinkles on offense, so we got to get back on the film. It's not necessarily our usual from what we've seen from in the past, but um, pretty much break down see what they'll have for Curry over from in the past and what they're doing now offensively, and, um, you know, come up with a good game plan and slow him down.
0: Mike Zimmer always says, I like the way this team works. Is that the, the proper word to use?
3: Yeah, that's all, it, that's all it's about, you know, working, putting in the time, putting in the effort, uh Pinning the preparation. We know, you know, we believe we have the talent. And then it's just about pinning in the preparation and going out there and executing.
1: Yeah, the great teams in this league uh, do the little things better than everyone else. Everybody has talented players. We all have the same salary cap. Yep. So everybody's bringing in good players. Mm-hmm. But the teams that don't beat themselves, that are on the details, that have talked through everything over and over again and are just really overprepared, those are the teams that find a way at the end to win games. And we're trying to be that team in the way we work every day.
0: Anthony Harris, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Thanks and what, for coming Sunday on, Ed. I appreciate man. it. All right. We'll be right back with more with Kirk Cousins right after this. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And uh, listen, it's wonderful to get the fans involved. You hear from yeah, them all the time, Kirk. You're high fiving them when you're leaving the field, right? That was a lot of fun during yeah, after Sunday's then, game, and people yeah. are patting you on the back. Always nice to win.
1: Oh yeah, we have a great uh, stadium. The way they built it, I can we walk in and out from the locker room to the field, and there's fans surrounding us. And so it's always fun to get those high fives running back in after a big win.
0: Well, we heard from some of them. Some of them have questions for you, and. Uh, Let's take a listen to see what they have to say.
2: Hey, Bill Scott from West Virginia. Been a fan since 1972. This is for Kirk Cousins. I'm trying to get PA to adopt the call that when you throw long to Adam Thielen, to call it the atom bomb. Why don't you try (laughs) to pitch that to him, buddy? And also thank you for your Christian witness. Later.
1: I will bring that up to PA for sure. And I think PA would be game for that, but I could get behind the atom bomb.
0: I think it sounds like that'd be that'd be a very workable thing. He's uh, yeah, we don't really have that kind of nickname thing going yet, but that's a developing uh, uh, a work in progress, yeah, he he's it.
1: looking for nicknames all the time. so Adam Baum is pretty good,
0: yeah, I like it. Let's go to our next
1: caller,
2: yeah, my name is Joe. I'm calling from Hibbing, Minnesota. Hey, Kirk, where can I get one of those Rhodes clothes hoodies from that all the players <laughs> are wearing?
1: So that's a Xavier Rhodes thing, so I'll have to pass that on to him and get the answer back to you next week. but uh, Xavier wears his sweatshirts around the locker room and passes him out. And He had one for me last year, but I think Mm -hmm. we didn't have the right size or something. So I may have to circle back, too, and get one for myself. But uh, that's a pretty good nickname as well, speaking of nicknames.
0: Yeah, Xavier and and Julio Jones have had quite a a rivalry. It's been kind of a one-sided bit because as as great a player as Julio Jones is, we know he's one of the best in the game. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons just have not... Uh, done well against the Minnesota Vikings.
1: What a value to have a cornerback that when a Julio Jones comes to town or you know the guy we're going to have to face next week is pretty special. Your Xavier Rhodes can go out there and you have confidence, in Trey Waynes as well, that, hey, he can cover this guy. He can hang with him, and we're not going to get torched like so many teams do. Uh, what a blessing it is to have players like that.
0: Our next caller. Go right ahead. Kurt, what's up, man? It's AJ from Minneapolis, man. I just want to tell you, man,
3: go out. Have a good season. Stay healthy. Play loose, please, man. I like to see you smile. I'm feeling the beard coming on. You know, I'm I'm liking the swagger. You know, because so I think our team is all about chemistry, and uh, I'm loving the way how relaxed and how sound you see him this year. You see this year, and uh, let's get a good year.
0: Let's let's go and win that Super Bowl. Skull.
1: That's a great summary. First of all, continuing to get positive feedback on the beard.
0: Very important. Continues. More importantly, does your wife approve of it? She does. She's okay. on board, so that's right. good.
1: And then uh, I agree with him. You know, it is so important to enjoy playing, to, to relax. As hard as that is because it is so tense and there's so many expectations and you want to deliver and you feel that that intensity of the moment, but at the same time, it's so important to be able to enjoy it, smile through it, and uh, usually when you do that, you play your best. But, you know, Gary Kubiak even told me the night before the game, he said, Kirk, there's going to be about 1,200 snaps this season. And, uh, the only way you can play those 1,200 snaps is one at a time. And so just play one at a time. And he said, you've worked too hard to not enjoy it. You know, go have fun. And I thought that was a great word night before your first game of the year to be able to go out there and, and play free and play loose.
0: We touched on it last week again, Kirk, about the caller mentioned, you know, the comfort, comfort factor that you have not just in the huddle on Sundays but in this building, uh, in this community. And, and that's, that's a process. I mean, you can't just walk right. into a town and and, and you know, win a Super Bowl or right. whatever, whatever it yeah. takes to be that kind of guy.
1: Well, I think it does take some time to learn you know, how, the, how the team functions best, how this city, this, this state, this fan base, and this organization, how it all fits and works and how I fit. And I think it has taken a year to learn that. And I think I'm a year wiser, a year older and better in terms of understanding my role. And I even felt that in the huddle yesterday, understanding what my teammates need from me and what they don't need from me and understanding how I fit. and I'd like to think that's going to help us as a football team be, be that much
0: better. Do we have one more call we can take? we got a couple more. Well, they're lining up as we speak. <laughs> Go right ahead to hit it,
2: Chris. Go back to you guys. This is Kirk from Rochester, New York. Lifelong Viking fan. My dad grew up in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Love what you're doing with Kirk Cousins on this show, especially with his dad. It's very inspiring, and... I think you guys are doing a great job. I just want to let you know. And if I had to ask Kirk a question, I would ask him, how often is he going to go to Kyle Rudolph this year? Thanks.
1: Well, apparently after yesterday, not very much. But (laughs) we got to find him, give him more opportunities, because good things happen when the ball goes to Kyle Rudolph.
0: Well, you got one football, um, and there's a lot more left in that toolbox, and I think we'll we'll see a lot more of it probably starting Sunday. Let's go to our next caller.
2: Hey, Kirk, this is Jay from St. Louis Park. Just wanted to say, it. I know that you're going to have a great year this year, and you're an amazing quarterback. We finally got an offensive line for you. You're going to do great. I believe in you. Soul Vikings, let's go. All right.
0: That's, That's from my hometown. It, that, yeah, the voice was pretty good, actually. I would I, Better than I would have done. He just jumped right into that fight song at
1: he the really end. He really did. Great to hear the belief and excitement <laughs> from the fans going into the season.
0: Yeah. We got our last caller. Go right ahead.
2: Kirk. Um, I'm Zach from West St. Paul. Uh, I just want to say, you know, it's a real good to see a good hearted guy like you and uh, on our team. It's uh, it's good to see with all the, you know, problems you see with other players around the league, not being team players and want to do what's best for, they just want to do best best for them, not for everyone else. And it's good to see you pulling, the, just pulling everyone together and being that positive energy that we need in this locker room. So I just want to say thank you, Kirk. God bless, and uh,
0: school night. How do you earn the trust uh, of your teammates day in, day out? The Stuff we don't see, the fans don't see. When you talk about your leadership qualities, Kirk.
1: I think you have to lead by example first and foremost. If you're not getting the job done as a player, there's really not much else you can do to lead. You have to earn people's respect first by the way you play. And then if you check that box, then I think you need to be someone who relates well to others, is a question asker, is unselfish, uh, you know, pursues to get to know other people and invest in them, make deposits in them so that teammates know, hey, this guy not only cares about how I can help him, but he wants to truly help me and uh, and invest in me. And I think when guys realize that, that's when they really start to go to battle for one another and play hard with an extra heartbeat for one another.
0: Before we segue and start previewing the Packer game, let's go back inside the locker room, if we could, to hear from your head coach, Mike Zimmer. Uh, it's kind of fun to hear from the fans' perspective what the head coach has to say to you guys after a game. This is what uh, Mike Zimmer had to talk about.
2: Hell of a good job. Uh, we ran the ball effectively all day, some of the things we talked about. Um, now, everybody's going to tell you how great you are, right? And what we need to do is get back to work. OK, that game is over, done. Enjoy it today. Tomorrow we come in, we learn from the mistakes, and we move forward. All right? All right, come on, Griff. Yeah! <laughs> He's... Be great on three. One, two, three. Be great. be great!
1: He summed it up pretty well right there. Um, it's about getting back to work and understanding that each one of these games is its own entity. And we can't take the momentum from week one and suddenly just carry it over into mm-hmm. week two. We have to go out, start from scratch, and earn it again. Um, And work has been a word we've used quite a bit these days, understanding that that's how you get back to where you want to be is just by working and putting in the work every day. But that was a true Mike Zimmer-branded game right there, I I felt. you know, With the way they play defense, special teams efficiency, the ability to run the football, control the line of scrimmage, control the clock, um, I, I would think he would be pretty pleased with that one.
0: And you mentioned time and time again in your news conference, even right after the game, Every game takes on a personality of its own. It does, And people think this is the way it's going to be. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. going to change Sunday in Green Bay. Yes, It's not going to have the same environment, not the same team. And and that's the challenging yes. part as you yes, go Yes, the good football teams are able to
1: play the game that needs to be played that day. And it changes. And I think when you watch a team like the Patriots, they'll win all sorts of different ways, even within the plays they call it, all sorts of different plays. But... They know that what each game calls for, and within a game, will call for different situations, and we have to be ready for those. And so, uh, it was a very unique uh, script that the game called for this past week, but we answered the bell, got the job done, and now we've got to be ready for whatever is going to be thrown at us in Green Bay on Sunday.
0: When you were with Washington, it was always Washington, Dallas. When you were with the Vikings. Uh, Vikings-Packers. It's Packer Week. It is. And you're at Lambeau Field, and it's early September, not December, which is probably not a bad thing. But uh, when you look <laughs> as at that Packers. quarterback. Yeah, as a quarterback. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But uh, you look at the Packers, you said you may catch last Thursday night's game. It was kind of a yawner, but it was definitely the Packers invested in their defense this offseason.
1: Yeah, I think when Aaron came out and said, hey, we got a defense, um, you know, that's a certainly a vote of confidence from his standpoint. He's going against them every day in practice, so... Um, you know, we're going to have our hands full. It's going to be a very tough tough defense in a tough environment. You know, the Redskins-Cowboys rivalry certainly was a rivalry, but separated by 1,000-plus miles. This one's very different. It's a true border battle. Uh, you go to work, you do life with, you know, there will be Vikings and Packers who are neighbors. You know, and Vikings, with the
0: families. Exactly. And, I and, mean, this is, is personal.
1: Uh, yeah. This can get real personal real fast. And, and, you know, I even know Adam Thielen, his in-laws— you know i mean they they're from wisconsin and so it's it can be very personal and so it means even more that we that we get this one done
0: I want to remind uh, everyone listening to the show you can leave a voicemail for kirk cousins that number is 952-918-8438 again 952-918-8438 we'll take some of those calls next week when we'll you do next week's show on on tuesday the vikings and packers Coming up Sunday, uh, Kirk, and uh, I would think that it's going to be a lot of fun preparing for this one because uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is, you know, not going to want to settle for seven points this week.
1: No, no, they'll be they'll go back. You know, they have extra time to prepare for us. Yeah, I mean, they did. When they were done on Thursday, they have 10 days to get ready for us. And Matt LaFleur, the head coach, was my quarterback coach in Washington, and so we spent two years working together. I got to mm-hmm. know him and his family really well. And, um, boy, would that be a shot in the arm to come out of there 2-0. and uh, and haven't had a, another great performance. So that's what we're working towards this week and um, boy, what a great opportunity to go into Lambeau Field and and go toe-to-toe with a, with another team that's 1-0 right now and uh, you know, find a way to get it done.
0: How how is it listen when, when Mike Zimmer gets the attention of the team to say look, we got to go back to work. Yeah. And does that even need to be said? The leaders on this team have a focus that it is a long marathon season. You're not going to win a championship in September. But these games do have just as much meaning as the ones you're going to play in December.
1: Exactly. And there, there's you set the stage for what December is going to look like. And uh, you would hope that the veteran players, leaders in this locker room, that the message they send with the way they work and practice this week, that it would send to everyone, hey, no one's comfortable. Uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, get back to work. And, um, and that's why I felt so good about this team is because our best players do have that mindset. And there aren't a bunch of prima donnas. There aren't a bunch of guys who think they can, you know, sow laziness and reap the rewards it just doesn't work that way and so uh, we got guys who put in the work and as a result I expect that we reap the the the, the benefits of that
0: I think our guest tonight Anthony Harris was a perfect example of that Amen. you nailed it I mean he's he he knows what it's like to get to this league and once you get there I got to work my butt off to stay here because someone else is looking right behind me to take my job. Hey, man, he's a total pro. So happy to
1: have him on the show because uh, he's everything you want to see from a teammate. Um, he's he's unselfish. He's versatile. He can help you on special teams. He's he's found a role. He's developed himself over time. It didn't happen overnight. He when he's been given opportunities, he's taken advantage of them. And um, I think it's a big deal that when we lost in Dejo and Harrison Smith is there obviously, but you need to fill out their safety position that we have a guy who can step in and do that. And I think if we asked him to play nickel or dime, he can do that too because he's that athletic and that versatile. So very smart player. And that's, you know, this is a thinking man's game and that's where it starts. If you can mentally handle what's going to be thrown at you physically, that stuff falls in place. And so I have all the confidence in the world knowing that Anthony Harris is back there playing our secondary and, uh, Um, You know, thrilled to have him as a teammate.
0: Don't be surprised if you see some skull chants going on at Lambeau Field. There'll be a lot of purple in the stands as well. I I
1: always said playing in college, Michigan State, Michigan, (laughs) it was always a a thrill to be playing at Michigan and hear go green, go white chanted across (laughs) the stadium. And I'd like to think that a win at Lambeau Field and walking off the field hearing a skull chant, that there are few things better as a Viking than, than hearing that.
0: Kirk, thanks so much. We'll see you again next Tuesday night. Under center here with Kirk Cousins. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week.